Richard Allen civil attorneys asked for Indiana Supreme Court for judges removal, reinstatement of defense attorneys. Richard Allen wants his original defense attorneys. They have chosen to work for him pro bono for free. If he signs something that says, you know, if I were to lose my court hearing or whatever, and I'm found guilty, that I cannot appeal based on, you know, them being his current lawyers or maintaining, you know, their position as lawyers. I don't understand why that can't be done. What, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that Richard Allen should get his original attorneys? So what do you think, Jaime? I, I think so. I think so. And I think the, the whole the problem here is the fact that the judge already took the withdrawal from them, right? For them withdrawing from the from the case and in order for them to be taken back, right? Or at least represent um, RA, uh, the judge has to either either kick them out, right? Or get remove them and get another judge or, or change of venue, right? The attorneys for Richard Allen, they one of them stated orally that they were withdrawing from the case and would send something in writing. And the other the other attorney wasn't present and it was they were supposed to have turned something in in writing. Neither attorney submitted anything in writing stating that they were off of the case. They, in fact, went and one of the more recent hearings for Richard Allen, both of his attorneys or, or original attorneys, Brazi and, and Baldwin, showed up and were standing at the defense table. Judge Gold had come in and said, you know, what are y'all doing here? What has changed in the last 12 days? And uh, Baldwin had brought his attorney, whose name was um, Hennessy. And Hennessy basically stated that, you know, his clients or his client didn't uh, want to waive and wanted to maintain his position as Richard Allen's attorney. Mm -hmm. They had brought in a letter from Richard Allen stating that Richard Allen wanted to keep his attorneys and that he was aware of the, the, the pictures being released. Yeah. So, so I, I just don't get why why she's so hard on this. I don't know, but I think if our, uh, Richard Allen wants his original attorneys, if that if he feels he's going to get a fair trial like that, that should be it, right? They should reinstate him. I, I would assume so. I and mean, just put like a clause, like you said, like if it doesn't, you know, they can't appeal after you know being reinstated if they they lose the the case itself. And, and here here's the kicker too: the attorneys want a new trial date. So right now the trial has been pushed till October of next year. They want the trial date to be set up for 70 days after the decision is made on whether they're going to remove the judge or allow his attorneys to come back instead of moving it so far back. What do you think about this tactic? Is, is this does this sound like somebody who's guilty or attorneys? that you know are representing somebody they feel is guilty is this something that they would be actively doing um yeah i think they're doing this as a tactic more as um they're gonna try to they probably know like if it is him and maybe he's talking to him and saying hey but i wasn't the only one i'll give you everybody else so maybe it's a tactic to you know do a plea deal instead of waiting so many years before the case comes up and that way they can get everybody else. Mm. I don't know. I wonder if he's doing a plea deal. That's my thing. Yeah, I think I think them trying to speed up the trial itself after maybe removing the, the judge makes it seem like, you know, they have more of a, of a case of innocence more than, you know, a case of being guilty, you know. I mean, the fact that they're willing to work pro bono, work for free, and put their jobs on the line, put their license on the line. I don't know. I mean, that's that's a big, pretty, pretty big indicator because the theory is that the judge who let him off the hook, right? Kind of one of those things like, hey, quit before we fire you type of thing. That way you don't have this on your record. If that was the case and this judge was basically doing him a favor, it, it doesn't seem like that favor was um, received very well. You know, they're really going after it. So it doesn't seem like a favor at all. What do you think could be the motive behind why the judge is so adamant that they're not on Richard Allen's defense team? 
it, could it just possibly be big blue that the the release of the images that alone was so negligent that it was deservance of them being removed off the case regardless of the uh, defendant's opinion or wishes i mean it, it, it could be damaging to their case and i would th- i would think they themselves would want to withdraw you know it's one of those things where they also have their reputation on the line and they want to prove that hey our staff member did this it wasn't us we're competent we can we can get this guy a good fair trial and we know he's innocent of proven guilty right so right. i think they're just trying to prove themselves uh, because of the you know failure in their office which can happen what do, what do you think jaime do you think that it's possible that uh what do you think about the tactic at, at all do you, to me it feels like they're they're really fighting for an innocent person in their opinion yeah um you said earlier that you know for them to put up their reputation and their careers um, and, you know, to work for him pro bono. Also, I mean, you got to look at it, the angle they're going through, right, with Odinism and courageous officers in this. So they're, they've they been putting their reputation and their career on the line since then, since that first came out. I think that makes makes um, that makes their client look a little bit, you know, like he's more innocent, I guess you can say. Cast a little bit of doubt on it. Yeah, I, would, I, I agree, you know, um, that it does. And could it be a tactic to cast doubt on the situation? Like, let's just say if they were removed and there was no argument about the new lawyers or the mm-hmm. new attorneys, right? And they, they went off, they withdrew. Do you think that people would be looking at this case differently? I don't think so. I think the fact that they were removed automatically, cla- you know, covered this with some suspicion, a cloud of suspicion. What do you think? I don't think the, they, I think there was more to it, you know, not just for the, for the leak of the, or the photos it had to be more because there's, and there's been a lot of cases where photos and and you know a lot of crime scene pictures have been leaked even though there's a gag order and i've never mm-hmm. seen like um the lawyers withdraw or the the their client wanting requesting different lawyers or different representation so like it had to be something more to it you know and, and the other thing is uh, another question that i have is how credible is richard allen's letter i mean wasn't he trying to plead insanity and needing papers and all this stuff for him to say i still want these guys to represent me i don't think he was ever pleading insanity but he was eating his court paperwork and yeah. we you know it was speculated because he was eating his paperwork that he may be trying to use that as a as a tactic but yeah. You know, to, to cast even more doubt, this judge, Judge Gull, she brought in Richard Allen's attorneys in the chambers and spoke to them. And this is where she basically told them that either they withdraw or they're going to be removed for gross negligence. Richard Allen's attorneys have asked basically for the transcript to be put into or sent off to the Idaho Supreme or Indiana Supreme Court. Apparently, she doesn't want to give it up. Like She doesn't want to give up the transcript of what she was saying. I mean, let's read this. Let's read this first. It says the Indiana Supreme Court has ordered Delphi uh, murders case special judge Francis Gold to provide a transcript of the in-chambers proceedings from October 19th, where Richard Allen's attorneys say they were coerced to resign. Allen is accused of killing Libby German and Abby Williams in Delphi, Indiana, in February of 2017. As part of the Indiana Supreme Court order, it gives Gold until November 16th to provide the in-chambers transcript and response to why she does not want to provide it. Now, she's asked for an extension to November 27th. I don't know if that's been granted yet or not. Why doesn't she want to hand that over? Why doesn't she want a response uh, to provide it? It just seems like there's some stuff being hidden. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's part. She, there's something there that's, you know, they're scared for the public to know about. Especially, I mean, it sounds sketchy already as it is, you know. But yeah. the, the part that I don't understand is how were they coerced? You think, you think they were coerced by saying either... Like you said, um, either quit or get removed, right? Or were, you know, because like coerced for me, it seems like they were 
like they're saying they're they were tricked into withdrawing you know what I mean? no it, it's more like forced so it, it's going to depend on the wording i think like for instance if she said something like you know you guys need to withdraw and if not you know i'm gonna have to file a complaint through the bar and up the chain and for gross negligence and they're going to have to do a review on this and you could lose your license. And if not, you know, that's one way of saying it, but if she said something to the effect or they took it um, as her saying either resign or I'm going to have your license taken away, that's different, right? Yeah. That's, that's more of a threat. Even though the, the outcome could be the same based on the egregion of the crime, you can't you can't say that without having gone through the whole process. I think that could be a situation where they felt that they were told they were going to lose you know their ability to practice law if they continued uh, in yeah. this direction. Like uh, pretty much putting them uh, put, putting them in like a catch twenty two type of deal, right? Yeah, yeah, and you know, and that's one hundred percent speculation. Yeah. I just feel that that's one way that it could go down in that manner. Well, and then, I mean, the transcripts are not turned over. I mean, the best thing will be to change venues or, I mean, or that or get remove the judge, right? Yeah. I think that if she doesn't provide it, I think she's going to get removed. Yeah. And I think yeah. that the attorneys will be put back. Yeah. That's, that's the, that was, that's what I was thinking too. I think they're going to have to go to the Supreme court, get that hearing to be a remover. Yeah. I think it's going to be a prolonged, you know, another prolonged hearing, but sometimes they, they do quick ones. But yeah. Find out. I mean, like, I just, I just, I don't know about you, but like, it's, I find, I find it kind of funny that like they kind of were like they pretty much withdrew and then just just showed up like nothing happened. Yeah, it's like what's going yeah, on? Yeah, they were just. But here's the thing. All right, so what do we know about this case? We know that there's supposedly a, a, a unspent round between the bodies of the girls, and that round traces back to Richard Allen, supposedly, right, from the extraction marks on the book. And we also yeah. have his testimony saying that he was there. Uh, this was back in 2017. And apparently, um, from the defense, it sounds like, I'm not 100% certain, but it sounds like there was no recording of this testimony or statement. And the statement wasn't written down. And, and if it was, it was lost. And they're only going based on the notes or the memory of the conservation officer uh, after five years, they bring him back in. He says he was there, but supposedly says he was there at one thirty, not three. Th uh, that he got there at twelve thirty or twelve and was gone by one thirty, not there from one thirty to three thirty. There's a little bit of a discrepancy there. First and foremost, I don't think there's enough there just based on that. Even if the round matches and he was there at that time, you and I can do the uh, timeline of events of when people saw somebody, and it could it could make it very difficult to explain why that person was there. But during a court setting, the defendant doesn't go on the stand. He really doesn't. He really doesn't have to explain that. You know, the the defense or the prosecution can bring it up like, oh, you know, he got there at this time, this, this and this. And if he doesn't go up there, he doesn't have to explain what he was doing, when exactly he was there. So he kind of gets a little bit of an advantage. Like They didn't find according to the defense. They didn't find anything on his devices. They didn't find any DNA, no souvenirs. Have they said anything about his vehicle? They didn't find anything there either. Yeah, yeah there's nothing forensic, mm -hmm. whether it was electric or, or digital or or DNA that connects. Besides the, the round, the unspent round. Right. And, and I mean... And has been and by him saying that he was there around the time. Yeah. I mean one one explanation could easily be he was there at twelve thirty. He did check his phone often and that he had worn the clothing that he was wearing that day a few times at the gun range. And that he has, you know, um 
to clear a weapon, right? So the, the way you do it, you go to the gun range and you, you shoot your weapon, right? Let's just say you have a, um, a handgun with a, with a magazine. And if you don't finish um, everything, right, or even after you're done, you got to go back and you clear your gun, which means you go and you, you put the muzzle into it's like a little cylindrical thing, the jig, where there's a bunch of sand and a bunch of stuff behind it. Like a center, uh, right? And you basically, you clear your weapon and you, know, you lock it up, put it in its case, whatever the, whatever it may be. But you would, when you clear the weapon, if there was one in the chamber, it'd come out. Maybe perhaps he put it in his pocket while he was checking his phone. It falls out. Girls get on the trail. They see the, the round on the ground, pick it up. And now it's on their person. You know, according to Richard Allen, if I was Richard Allen's defense attorney, I, I would say by his own admission now and then he was on the trail that day those girls obviously were on the trail that day as well after he had arrived and left if i was his defense attorney that's what i would say it's possible that when he pulled out the uh his phone that he may have dropped around and it was picked up by one of the girls but the only way that they can what they should have done at that time to disprove that is they would have to run the fingerprints because there would be fingerprints on it and who touched the last. Yeah, they touched DNA on the round itself. But they didn't say they found anything on that round, right? Only besides yeah. those no. stretching marks? But it, it depends. It depends. It depends on how it was picked up. So if it was picked up by one of the girls, playing advocate here, 100% speculation. Uh, let's just say one of the girls picks it up and is looking at it like, oh, look, this is cool. And they hand it over and then... They put it in their pocket, puts it in her pocket, and then they're running through the water. Remember, at one point, they're in the water, clothes are wet. You know, it gets wet in that situation. And in the process of, of taking the clothes and putting the clothes on one, is it possible that it may have fell in, fallen out at that moment, you know, out of their pocket? I think it's possible. What do you it's, think? Do you think that's plausible? It's, it's possible, just highly unlikely. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know, man. Like, even let's say he did have a, a weapon on him on the, tra on the trail, right? So, how long was he well, there? That, how long was he there for? Well, he says mm -hmm. that according to him, according to him recently, I believe it was like 12 or 1230 and he, he left at 130. So somewhere between an hour and an hour and a half. OK, so he walked the trail, let's say, with with a pistol. Let's just say if he had a pistol. Right. Uh -huh. Why would he like why would he take a pistol to the trail? Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean I obviously the person. Right. Well, the person that did commit this crime, according to the um, information that's been leaked, that there is. Mm -hmm. A statement saying he has a gun. You know, one either Libby or, or Abby said that on the video, and supposedly there you can hear something that sounds like maybe a gun chambered. Chambered, yeah, that's a good word for it. I don't know how accurate that is. Those are just rumors, but you know, if there if there is that, if there is you know one of the, mm -hmm. the victims saying that, and which I think that there is, and the reason being, and it's more than just the bullet, is because of the the warrants that have been out. It's in the um, They've all wanted guns and specific guns. Could it be just because of the bullet that they wanted those specific guns? Maybe. But it could be also just because uh, they saw it on the video that, that the person was armed with a gun. Yeah, I remember the the first video they released was a longer video, I believe. I swear you can hear her say, I think she has a gun to wear. But, you know, that was a long time ago. I mean, if that one is out there, then, I mean, it's possible. But I, I don't think I don't, I don't think I've ever heard it. I don't know. I just, I just think though the fact that he said that he was out there and looking at the fish is kind of like the crappiest alibi. I mean, it could be worse. He could be driving by himself. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I, know, I know someone that uh, allegedly that was doing that. If he would have said, "Oh, I went to to the trail to you know put in 
physical activity, right? In his life, you know, like, oh, I'm gonna go out there with uh, with jeans, boots, and um, you know, a big sweater. Plus, I'm gonna carry my pistol and I'm gonna look at my phone. My what's it called? What was it? Stock exchange, was it? Stock trader, yeah. Stock trader, and then I'm gonna just go look at the fish from up there, and then I'm gonna leave. I'm like, okay, but why the hell are you gonna be carrying a gun if you're gonna just just go and walk the trail and then come back out and leave? What's the purpose of him having a a pistol, you know what I mean? I know, I know, I know a lot of people, you know, carry, but right. I don't think in that, in like, you know, going on the trail and, and doing some physical activities, it's gonna be people are gonna be carrying at that point. You'd be surprised, it, man. Go ahead, buddy. I think at that time, I'm not sure if it was legal to even open carry or carry. Well, it depends well, on the state. I'm pretty handgun. sure they have some sort of concealed handgun license or whatever the case may be. You know, I, I don't see it being odd if somebody's packing, if they're legally able to. You know what I mean? If um, you're you got a license, you got a concealed handgun license, you've taken courses on safety and things like that. Uh, I don't see it being a big issue or a reason why it should be odd, you know, Um I'll tell you more often than not, um, many people I know are carrying more often than not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and, yeah, but um, but you have you no know, people like let's say like in your city. I mean, it's a, the population is crazy, right? You never know who's who's what's going to happen, what kind of crimes are going to be committed. But do you have um, Delphi, which is a hell of a small town? You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like. Have... How much? How much? Yeah, how much crime is happening at a little town like that compared to a city where you, you know, you are going to be carrying at some point because you never know who's out there trying to do harm to you or your family. Well, I mean, it was in a in a wooded area, so it could be to protect yourself from, you know, mountain lions, coyotes, wolves. I'm not sure what the uh, predator um, species is out there. Odinites are out there. Okay. Uh, you know, one thing I, I, I do want to say is that's why there's a big crime crime uh, spree here in Texas with uh, big trucks and especially like F-150s because everybody likes to carry their hunting rifles around this time of year because they go from work to, you know, hunting. And they've been breaking into trucks a lot lately, man. Like like twice in the last month, they broke into trucks at my work. And that's what they're looking for. They just flip the seat real quick, see if there's a gun, and take off. Yeah. 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 I used, to, I used to carry my rifle like around this time, too, you know, because, you know, it's hunting season. I would, I would leave it in the back of the truck in the case. Mm -hmm. But then I started hearing that they were breaking into trucks and, and taking them. I was like, hell no, I'll, I'll put it inside until I'm ready to actually go out to the to the ranch yeah they yeah. literally broke one of the doctor's back window and he left it unlocked for the reason that they've broken into his truck like three times it wasn't even locked and he still broke the window just i don't know these guys are crazy because they, they don't really lock but he didn't even lock it yeah i mean there, there's there's different reasons why somebody might carry i don't i don't think that somebody carrying is this big ordeal now obviously in this situation you know somebody was using a handgun to control and maintain these victims allegedly from what we understand, we haven't seen all the evidence that's out there. Like I said, I think I think he I still think he had something to do with it. I mean, him walking into the trail and saying that he saw uh, three juveniles walking out and there are some juveniles that have come forward describing the same incident. Mm -hmm. And they took a photo on a bench nearby before that incident. And that has a timestamp of 126, which means that the 130 interaction is accurate versus the 12 o'clock interaction. So yeah. based on that, that puts him there. So I do think that he is there. He's, I think he's trying to play on like, you know, the memory of these people, the witnesses, at least, you know what I mean? You know, I'm going to say it's 1230 so they can make them second guess themselves. And then they could probably change it out when they ask him again or something, you know. But I'm pretty sure if he was checking his stocks, it's on an app, and those apps keep records every time you open it. Pretty right. sure they're gonna have that. 
Yeah, but unfortunately, how, how far back? Yeah, exactly. It's like that was like four and a half years, almost five years, right before they apprehended him. Yeah, it was over five years. Um, it was yeah. like five years and like five and a half years. It was getting, it was getting close to the six. Yeah, um, but like uh, once they had like interest, like he was a person of interest. So, I don't so know. yeah, I don't know how far back they go or they save that data. You know, if if you're aware of it in, in the moment, that's one thing. You know, you can go and gr- grasp that information or save it. But going back now. That'd be difficult, in my opinion. The one thing that really throws everything off for me or puts a wrench in it is the comments from Elvis Fields. According to Richard Allen's defense team, is a guy that had confessed to his sister as being one of the persons that committed this crime. He told his sister he was going to go away for a while, uh, stated that he had put antlers over the bo- or horns over in with sticks over the body of or one of the victim's heads. And it has been, you know, come to light that there were antlers or horns or antennas of some kind made out of branches over Abby's head. You know, he stated that he had spit on the victim and even told law enforcement when he was questioned that if his, you know, DNA or spit was found on one of the girls that he'd have an explanation for it. Mm-hmm. If you would get in trouble. Now there's just a lot there. Is, it just kind of points in that direction. What do you think? Well, is he being, is he under investigation? I think he was at one point. Because if he knows all those details about the, the seat itself, is that enough? It, 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 maybe. Maybe. I, I, See, here's the thing. I don't think that they have his DNA there. The only thing, and and it could be because maybe it rained or or something happened or they he spit on them with water fell and, and I don't know. But for whatever reason, or <clears throat> there is a theory out there that law enforcement kind of effed it up a little bit when it came to collecting that DNA that they either lost it or got it contaminated. What uh, what about what about if he spit? He supposedly spit on 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 one of the, the the victim's face, right? You said, yeah. What was what about if it was before they crossed the water? The maybe it, would it wash off? It, it's possible, but like I was saying, there was there's rumors that have gone around early on that they had DNA. That they had some DNA. It was rumored that they had DNA, and then it was rumored that they had lost the fingerprint and or that the fingerprint was corrupted somehow or mishandled. Since there was no fingerprints found, some folks have been trying to connect the dots there and say that maybe it wasn't the fingerprint that was found and and screwed up, that maybe it was some DNA. And early on in this investigation, there was rumors that there was DNA, but we haven't heard anything about DNA. And you would assume, given the probable cause affidavit, that there would be a DNA on there, just like in Brian Koberger's case. There's his DNA, there's a match. They talk about where they found it. So I would assume... You know, that DNA would be a lot stronger evidence to arrest somebody versus, you know, the markings of an unspent round. So yeah. that just kind of tells me it's not there. Yeah, they're, they're putting and, their, their money on the unspent round. And yeah, obviously they don't have the DNA. Right. And so is it possible that they had DNA and it got corrupted somehow? Yeah. yeah, contaminated. Like, like I, I pulled out a, um, you know, it's an anecdotal, but there was a situation one time when I was a, um, a rookie, my field training officer, FTO was uh, we went to a burglary scene where uh, somebody had broken into a house and they broke into the back like, glass door and they were able to unlock the door and made entry into the house. But they cut themselves in the process of doing that. And my FTO was saying, hey, this is a good learning situation. We're going to teach you how to collect this evidence. I had already been taught that in the academy, but, yeah, you know, watch it again. It's fine. He goes and he gets a swab and he puts it in the blood. You know, he does one thing first. He does some sort of test. And this is a very long time ago, y'all. It's like almost 16 years ago or something like that, 15 years ago. He first is a test. He 
put the swab in and he put a some kind of droplet on it and it turned purple and he's like all right this is a presumptive test that says this is blood now that we have that this is blood we're going to collect it and he got another swab and he collected some of the blood and he was showing me on the uh on the q-tip there or the buccal swab the blood on the tip like how much to get and as he's showing me this big ass drop a sweat comes off his nose and lands right on the q-tip obviously that dna is no longer usable <laughs> and he told me all right well this is how you don't do it but if, <laughs> if there was just a small amount of dna and something like that occurred maybe in maybe in big trouble you know what i'm saying so those things are possible those things happen Dude, uh, i've seen them happen do you think the taco of dna was coming off of that unspent round i mean that you would was- think so yeah, like you think it's, it was so little amount that once they tested it out and they didn't, maybe it came in inconclusive, now they can't use it anymore because it's such a small amount. I don't know. I mean, I thought there was going to be a small amount in Brian Koberger's case, but apparently the amount um, could be very, very small down to a couple of cells. And like, the R and STR is, I think, replicate or something like that, which means create copies and multiple copies. So they can turn one small sample into a huge sample. I don't know. I, I honestly don't think that there's the possibility that DNA was found, but that that DNA was corrupted mm-hmm. or that DNA couldn't be entered because maybe it was too much of a mixture of too many different persons. I, I'm not sure. Or maybe there was a, an issue with the evidence, the chain of evidence, and they can't use it against them. So since they can't use it against them, that's, we're not going to see it. Yeah. Now, the one question that I think about the covert case when it comes to this type of evidence is a knife the wounds sometimes you know there's other cases where if the knife breaks or like piece of the shavings when you sharpening your knife somehow get in, in the wound and they pick it up and then they can even test it all the way back to see where it was manufactured that's how that's how far back some of these tests can go so i wonder if any of that is any in both of the cases you would hope so. if you guys recall we had a um, forensic death investigator on our channel who had stated that when it comes to knife wounds, they can be different because of that bone situation, right? Um, where if a knife hits a bone, it can manipulate the blade. And that wound going into that person is going to look different than the next wound because of the blade uh, being uh, deformed now. Those wounds aren't going to match. You know, going going back to Richard Allen, um, I think the best bet will be, you know, change of venue and then reinstating his lawyers. I think that would be the best thing to do. Considering that that way, you know, we don't have to, well, especially for the family of the victims, they have they don't have to wait until a year from now mm-hmm. to start. You know, by that time, they'll probably, you know, we already had a verdict and everything and get some closure. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. 